Hey guys, and welcome to the Strong Tower Mental Health Podcast, where you will be inspired, encouraged, and transformed with powerful teachings and real stories of mental health. This podcast is not a substitute for counseling. If you are in a crisis, call or text your local crisis center or visit suicidepreventionlifeline.org. Jesus is in our mental health, and freedom is where we start. I am your host, Heidi Mortensen, licensed marriage and family therapist. Get ready. Today's show is going to bring you hope. Hello and welcome to the show. This is going to be a very, very exciting episode with my friend Adele Vray. And I'm doing this intro just to prepare some of you because some of the information that she shares in her testimony might be a little bit difficult for some of you to take. Um, she is very honest, very graphic. Um, she used to be in a satanic cult and shares some of what happened when she was in that place. Um, I want to keep it in the episode because it is the truth. And I think as the church, we need to not avoid these difficult topics. And we need to understand that this is real. Um, it's not made up. And you can hear in her testimony just how much she loves Jesus and how the love that he has for her is more important than her past. And she really talks about that and now is leading other people and doing deliverance and healing and preaching the gospel. And she is a mighty, mighty woman of God from South Africa. I just wanted to do this intro to prepare you for a little bit of a difficult testimony and again, every testimony is is a testimony, and the Spirit of the Lord is there to release freedom to you. Um, so there really isn't a comparison of like, this one's better than the other, anything like that. And she even actually talks about that, um, that we all are just children of God and seeking his truth. Um, but for some of you with sensitive ears, if you've had a difficult past, if you've had a lot of trauma... Um, just take take your time with this um, and to also be sensitive of children being around with this. Um, but you are going to be rocked. You are going to be changed. This is a powerful, amazing woman of God. So enjoy this episode. Well, hello and welcome to the Strong Tower Mental Health Podcast. I am Heidi Mortensen, licensed marriage and family therapist and your host of the show. And I'm very, very excited to have with me Adele from South Africa. That is how she wants me to introduce her. She is Adele. So welcome, Adele. <laughs> Thank you, Heidi. I feel so welcome. Yes, I'm very, very happy to have you to share your testimony. Um, and you just have so much wisdom and um, so full of the Holy Spirit, so full of love. Um, I told her before we started recording, I'm like, I just want a hug from you. <laughs> and I can just feel that I just want to be hugged by her. So that my prayer is that you can just feel hugged by Adele and hugged by the Holy Spirit as you are listening to this podcast today. Um, so we'll start with your testimony. Could you share a little bit about yourself and your testimony before knowing Jesus? Mm, yes, sure. So um, I gave my heart to the Lord when I was 19 years old. But uh, since I was a baby, I was involved in Satanism. There was a couple of people in my family that was involved in Satanism. So I grew up um, in a Satanic cult. Um, and, and it sounds weird because a lot of people talk about the Satanic panic of the 80s and mm. all the things that happened there. Mm -hmm. um, 
an interesting fact about South Africa, and I'm going to, to talk about my testimony just now, is two years ago, um, the Satanic Church was registered in South Africa in Cape Town. Mm. And I was so excited when that happened, because for many years I've been testing testifying about coming out of Satanism and there was a lot of people who didn't believe me because they didn't believe mm. that you know Church of Satan existed but the moment when it was registered and there was a physical church in Cape Town um, it was like a, a confirmation and I was excited that it was registered because now everything that happened below ground um, that happened in darkness was brought to the surface and people could see that wow. it actually existed um wow. so i was involved in satanism and at the age of there's two parts of my testimony that i always share but the first part and heidi this is new to you as well so i hope you receive it as well as the audience I will. but at the age of 16 I, um, I had an abortion during a satanic ritual, and it is called a blood sacrifice. Mm -hmm. So I had this abortion, and I was lying on a satanic altar, um, naked, very, you know, you're not dignified at all. Mm -hmm. And I remember it was very cold. And in my heart, in my spirit, I cried out to God, you know, the, the, the God of Jesus Christ. Mm -hmm. And I cried out to God, um, not not physically because i mean obviously that would have you know had its own consequences but in my spirit uh, he was the opposite god he was the 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 god that we persecuted mm -hmm. and i cried out to my spirit and god very distinctly answered me and he called me by my name he said adele if i loved you enough to die for you trust me with your life Wow. And no one came into the building to rescue me, to, to change my circumstances. But since that night, things started to change around me. Mm -hmm. When I was 19 years old, I received an assignment from the Satanic Church to kill or sacrifice a man in South Africa. His name is Mark Bredenkamp. So he's a prophet and a pastor in South Africa, and he had a reputation of someone who would take people out of Satanism and he would, you know, journey with them and help them to, to be restored. And um, the Satanic Church wanted to take him out, mm -hmm. assassinate him because he was a threat to the Satanic Church. Uh, so I had a dagger. I went to a church one night where he was preaching mm -hmm. and I kidnapped his son instead wow. because i couldn't get to him and yeah. i think his son was about nine years old at that stage mm -hmm. and i kidnapped his son and i and i and i locked us in a little room and i had a knife and i wanted to stab him and for four and a half hours this little boy was repeating ephesians 6 the armor of god oh so for God. four and a half hours i could not stab this boy eventually wow. His father found us, you know, there was like people praying and whatever, and there was a lot of people looking for us, but eventually they found us. And his father came to me and um, I said, I wanted to negotiate. And he said, God does not negotiate with the devil. So he took his child out of the room and he stood in front of me, took the knife, the dagger, and he threw it away. And he 
he looked me in his eye, in my eyes and he pointed his finger at me and he said to me, how dare you come against the child of a servant of God? And while I was standing there, I didn't have any one-liners to say to him. You know, I didn't have a comeback. I, I was I was really stripped spiritually, emotionally. Um, uh, I had no ranking. All the demons that was always there for me, they were gone. Um, I, I was rendered powerless in the presence of the Most High God. Wow. And I couldn't answer him. And the next moment he took a step towards me and he held me in his arms and he said to me, I love you with oh. the love of God. Oh. And I, I don't, I don't, I just, it was such an emotional moment, such a big moment because, I mean, I was confronted by the power of God. And the next moment I was loved by the love of God. Yeah. And that is what got me to salvation, mm. was that moment of powerful, confronting love. Mm. That's it. So that is how I gave my heart to God. And um, I decided that I'm going to serve God. And it was hectic for the first three years, mm. because then I had to run away and, you know, try to stay alive. And there was all these you know, demons and organization and whatever against me. Mm -hmm. But at the moment when I said, I'm not going to run anymore, I know who I am in Christ Jesus. My entire life changed. Come on. You know, I am today. So, that's my ministry. Your ministry is being Jesus. Mm -hmm. Wow. Thank you so I'm the much one for... giving the hugs. Yes. Tell me, I yeah. love you with the love of Jesus. Because that, yeah. was, that is what saved me. How can I not mm -hmm. love people that way? You know, I'm, I'm so encouraged that you're sharing this and you're sharing the raw details of your testimony. I think a lot of times people sugarcoat their testimony. And like you said, people don't be haven't believed you and people don't say exactly what it is that happened. And I'm so grateful that this pastor that you were going, or this prophet that you were going to kill had so, has, was so strong in his faith that he could see the way that Jesus saw you. And mm -hmm. I think this is actually one of the reasons why I wanted to have you on is because I want people to not be afraid of people who say that they're in Satanism or are in satanic cults and for them to see the power of God over that. And so it's why I'm, I'm just really encouraged by you and what you're sharing. Could you share a little bit about how you were able to heal from what you went through? Yes, I, it, was a, it was a long journey for me to heal. I also, um, I was diagnosed with dissociative identity disorder. So it was, it was really hard, um, except for all the, um, all the trauma and abuse that I've experienced in the cult. Mm -hmm. I've also experienced, am I allowed to say normal abuse? Um, sexual abuse that, that happened out of, outside of the occult that can happen to anyone in any family at mm -hmm. any time. Mm -hmm. Um, just sexual abuse, physical abuse, mental abuse, mm -hmm. um, emotional abuse at the hands of um, perpetrators, people that were part of the family and friends. And um, and, and I had to, to, to deal with that as well. My, my mm -hmm. brother uh, committed suicide a couple of years ago. I think it was mm -hmm. 11 years ago. And he went through sexual abuse with me. Mm. And 
I had to also deal with that. So it wasn't just the childhood stuff. Even after I was healed completely of all the trauma, my brother committed suicide. So I had to deal with that as well. Mm. Um, and, and it's hard because I believe that each one of us should constantly um, reevaluate our own lives. Mm. And we have to make assessments and mm -hmm. say, okay, do I need counseling or intervention now? Mm. And be 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 um uh you know be be serious with yourself tell yourself yeah. be yeah just so you have to know yourself but if you trust people in your life ask them you know how am i doing do you think i need help in a certain area of my life totally we have to totally. continually do that um yeah. so since since i gave my heart to the lord i had to go through deliverance i went through um uh, a lot of sessions of deliverance. Mm -hmm. but what I, what I believe when it comes to deliverance is that sometimes deliverance is not just one action. Sometimes it's a journey. Yeah, and I'm good. okay with that. Yeah, and I believe that God works with us as we grow and as we mature, and mm -hmm. He works with us in different ways on our journey, and that's okay. And but I had to go through deliverance, and I had to go through inner healing, and mm -hmm. Uh, you know, then I'm fine. Then I, I realize that I have some other um, issue as well. And then I have to go to counseling again. And but, but God really had his hand over me. And that is, I think, what makes me the, the counselor that I am today is because I've been through all of these things. So I, I have an understanding about it. And I believe that we shouldn't rush God. You know, sometimes we have mm -hmm. this vision, you know, I just want to be healed and I want to be fine and I want to be okay. So true. That's so true. No one has arrived, you mm -hmm. know. That is so true. I have, I will have clients that will come in and th they think they want counseling, but they actually really don't because they don't want to have to wait for how long that it takes. It, it is a commitment. And I love that you're saying that we need to be vulnerable. We need to be real. We've got to be self-aware to be able to identify I, we all are on a journey and this journey never stops because we're never going to be like Jesus. Um, mm. You had said earlier that you had dissociative identity disorder. I just want to describe what that is for people that don't know what that is. Um, another way you could call it DID is the abbreviation for it. Um, and it basically means that when you experience trauma, extreme trauma, your personality basically splits or you actually create separate parts of selves. Um, and those parts of selves, it's basically a coping, coping mechanism. And I actually have, I work with this myself and I think people who have DID are quite brilliant. It's very brilliant the way that the, that our brain works, that when you're a child and you're experiencing such traumatic abuse that you actually become a separate self and that self is able to handle the trauma and then you the person that's in the front the face that everyone sees is the one who just kind of does life and so there's this kind of this d um lack of integration that happens with parts of selves and it allows a person to function somewhat normally um and so even just being able to expose what that diagnosis is, is very helpful um, because some people could actually have somebody like that in their life that they are not aware of. Um, there are many therapists that misdiagnose people for many years and people don't know that they had DID and they actually did. So 
it did nothing to be afraid of and nothing to be scared of, um, but actually something to actually be hopeful about to know, okay, I need to find somebody who's actually trained in this, who can work with this and can help me. Um, and you've actually experienced integration from this, which I know there's some people that say, oh, that doesn't happen or, um, you know, you just need to live with it. And and we're not here to say anybody needs to be a certain way. This is just your testimony. This is your story, Adele. Um, so can you just explain how that happened for you um, and kind of where you're at now, what, what God has for you now? Yes. Um, I was obviously dissociative for many, many years since I was a little girl. Um, up until I think about 10 years ago, I, 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 I've I been f in therapy for approximately 10 years. I, I can't remember. And um, and I had to where dissociative identity disorder is about you are you are you do not want to associate with your emotions. You don't want to associate with the trauma where healing is all about associating with the trauma telling yourself i'm going to to look at the trauma and i'm going to deal with it so it's 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 taking it's, it's having a lot of courage and taking that step in saying i'm going to confront this right now i'm not going to turn around and walk away anymore yeah. and because my healing is important to me and i've in my in my own um counseling ministry i have seen a lot of integrations um wow. it's so nice for me to know exactly what happens in the brain um, during dissociation and what is happening during uh, integration mm -hmm. and i can share all those lovely experiences with my clients mm -hmm. with my patients and they receive healing as well and um it's been it's been over 10 years now that i've been integrated and it's still mm -hmm. solid you know we focused a lot on post-integration therapy yeah. and 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 i'm 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 so i'm such a functional person that i have my own practice and that i do counseling and that i help other people yeah. and um i've also had a practical after i've done my phd um yeah. i've done some practical hours with dr colin ross from the ross institute in dallas texas wow and That's that also so helped me a lot to you know to be the person that i am today Absolutely. Oh, that's just amazing. For those who are listening who are hearing this and struggling still with the beginning of the testimony, um, what can you say to them to help them to overcome their fear of some of what you went through? Um, so where they just want to turn a blind eye and just close their ears and say either this isn't real or this doesn't, didn't happen. Um, and, and also for them to have authority over this, because that, that, the, the man who brought you to salvation, he had authority and he loved you the way that Jesus did. So how can, what can you say to the listeners who are still kind of feeling a little bit afraid and fearful of, of your testimony? Um, when I, when I share my testimony with a large audience, I usually say to them, there's not a dif there's not a difference between a Satanist and you while you were still unsaved. That's good. You were just you have so been good. just as lost as the other person, as the next person. Come on. So there's no degrees of being lost. You know, I'm not five percent more lost than a Satanist. That's so good. Labor. That is so good. Yeah. <laughs> we we are all lost until we find Jesus Christ. That is so and good. And one of my favorite scriptures in the Bible is if the same spirit that rose Christ from the dead dwells in you. 
And that makes me think and believe that I don't have to be afraid of anything because the same spirit that raised Christ from the dead dwells in me. Mm-hmm. And that gives me the edge. It gives me the power. It gives me the authority without being arrogant. Because mm-hmm. if you have the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit is going to, to move in you in a gentle way to deal with people. Why? Because God in in his might and power and all-knowing awesomeness also holds the heart of a Satanist in his hands Mm -hmm. because every Satanist is a potential son and daughter. Mm. And God loves each and every one of them. And it's our purpose as Christians to, I want to say love the hell out of them, but to, 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 to search and find the, the God essence, if I'm allowed to use that word, just for the lack of a better word, inside of them, mm-hmm. that treasure that's there. And the only way that we are going to do it is by loving people. And love calls upon us to be fearless and courageous. Hmm. That's so good. You just took away like all that fear and you just brought it down to this, what you talked about earlier, that you just want it, ever, it to be simple. Yes, and um, and I was I was a Satanist. I know how insecure mm. they are, how how desperate they are, how mm. broken they are. I love giving the gospel very simply, very not complicated. Just mm-hmm. I break it down to the simplicity of the love of Jesus and his work on the cross, and that's it. Could you do that right now? Could you just explain how you share the gospel? <laughs> I don't, actually. Um, I, I, I know that sounds weird. It sounds no. like I don't, I'm not really sharing the gospel. No, I don't. I, I build relationships mm. before just, just sharing the gospel. That's um, so good. That's so I good. Mean, I think Jesus was is a relational mm. Lord. And if I just walk up to my neighbor and I just tell them, you know, let me just tell you the story. There's this guy in our town. He has this car with the trailer and he has all these signs that he made. I don't know where he had them made, but he stands on the street corner with a big bell and he rings the bell all the time. Mm-hmm. And all these signs, it reads, Turn or burn. If you don't receive Jesus, you will go to hell. You mm. will burn in hell. Now, it's like this guy is, his focus is to give the gospel. But if I just go to someone and I say to them, you have to serve Jesus or you go to hell, people will not listen to that because mm-hmm. a relationship that is built out of fear cannot last. Mm-hmm. But if I build a relationship with you and you see Jesus in my life, you are compelled by the spirit to Mm. work or to look for whatever I have in my life. So I would rather get to know a person and show them Jesus than to just, you know, preach to them about hell and get them, you know, repentant. Uh, I, I I don't believe in that. I believe in in living or in having a relationship with someone before I I just preach to them. 
This is so good. There, I mean, <laughs> I'm, I'm like on the floor almost like I need to hear everything that you're saying right now. This is so good. And that's, this is a lot of what I'm not saying that the church is doing it wrong because I think the church has a good heart and there's many wonderful people in the church. Um, but you actually shared with me something, um, that to me feels very shocking, um, about, so you're friends with Ryan and then what is his, how do you pronounce his last name? Schwickelar. Schwickelar. <laughs> and he, <laughs> so could you just share how you know him and what he used to be and his, just kind of quickly his testimony and then what he shared about with you that to me feels it just is very shocking and something that I think we need to be aware of um, and where I just I feel like the revelation of what you have of the love of God is what what we need to grasp in the church in each of us individually in our own homes. Certainly, Renan, um, along with a friend of his, Audrey Norton, they are the co-founders of the mm -hmm. Church of Satan in South Africa. Mm -hmm. Just over two years ago, they, they started the Church of Satan in South Africa in mm -hmm. Cape Town. And that is when I first met him. Um, I, I pursued him over Facebook, and I was just there loving him. I never preached to him. I never told him that he's going to hell. I just I just thought he was a nice guy. I actually got into a lot of trouble over Facebook when I made a video about having coffee with a Satanist, because mm. in my view, that's the best way to mm -hmm. to chat with someone. You know, you take them to a coffee shop, you, you have some cake, you have some coffee. Mm -hmm. All problems can be solved by cake, by the way. Yes. Um, <laughs> just, and, just love on them and see them as see them as people, see them as 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 humans that need love. That's correct. But a lot of Christians, um, I got a lot of negative feedback from Christians telling me, "How dare you, as a daughter of God, um, you know, go and mingle with a, a child of Satan? You know, you shouldn't do that." Mm. And um, I just continued to pursue Rian, and I just loved him. And then during a satanic ritual. Jesus, um, you know, appeared to him mm -hmm. and he experienced so much love. And the moment when he experienced the love of Jesus, he could, he could pinpoint it and say, I've experienced the same thing from Adele and I've experienced the same thing from someone else. Mm -hmm. And that is when he gave his heart to the Lord. And then after he gave his heart to Jesus, he phoned me and he said, Adele, I gave my heart to God. And it's because of the love that you gave me. And I was, you know, I cried for an entire week after that. I, I was like, Lord, you are working with people behind the scenes. You know, uh, I think I can, I can do things and impress God and, and touch the hearts of people. But God has this way of touching people, you know, in the secret mm. place. It's so amazing. So um, we've been friends, well, best friends ever since then. Mm -hmm. But the other day I asked Rian, you know, Rian, has he experienced any death threats from the mm. Church of Satan? Mm -hmm. And he said to me, he received about three death threats mm -hmm. from the Church of Satan, but he has received over 300 death threats from Christians. That is so sad. It's extremely sad. And I believe it gives us an indication of where the church is at this moment. What is the teaching that people get? Mm -hmm. 
you know, um, there's a lot of people who say that you should only mingle with other Christians if you are a Christian because they will rub off on you if you mix with other people who's not Christian. But if I look at the life of Jesus, without compromising who he was, he still spent time with sinners. And I read this one sentence on Facebook the other day where, um, let, let me just read the sentence to you. It was so beautiful. Um, where the, the, the woman at the well, she said, mm. he didn't come for the water, he came for me. Mm. That's so good. It is all about him. Mm -hmm. We've made it about everything else. And the only thing that you can take to heaven when you die is other people. Sometimes I think that the bride has become fat and lazy. We are not in pursuit of the heart of the bridegroom anymore. Because if we pursue his heart, we will see the people that's in his heart. How can we do that? How can we go from being fat and lazy to pursuing his heart? Because I don't think that we want to be fat and lazy. Like I know no, I don't be. want to be fat and lazy, but I, I can be, and I have been fat and lazy. And I don't mean that like physically, I'm just saying that spiritually. I totally yes. have gotten that way. And I don't want to be like that. When I first gave my heart to the Lord, I knew that I had to get rid of all the knowledge that I have gained over 19 years. Hmm. Because I was also a person that went to Christian churches, I had a very good knowledge of the Bible and of Christianity. But when I gave my heart to the Lord, I said to him, Father, I want you to strip me of all my knowledge and I want you to build me up again. So I went to Bible school and I've been, you know, on a Christian journey. But the thing that I've learned is the most important part of my Christianity is to, sorry, is to pursue God's presence. Mm. And what I tell people is to, is to go into your bedroom, lock the door, lie on your bed or on the carpet and spend time in God's presence and tell God that you will not get up from that carpet or that bed unless you have experienced him and if you have experienced him you must do it again the next day and if you have not experienced him you must do it the next day we must become so hungry and so thirsty for his manifest presence because it's only in his presence that the revelation of his heart will grab our spirits hmm. Todd White has a way of speaking about these things. He says, show me a person who does not need prayer and I will not pray for them. Right. <laughs> <laughs> That's so good. Yeah, last night I kept waking up feeling like I needed to like taste his presence. And mm -hmm. then I kept hearing taste and see for the Lord is good. And it was almost like, and I'm trying to remember, where did I hear that I need to eat we need to eat his word and eat his presence like it's just what we breathe it's what we so we become like our, our mind gets transformed it's what romans 12 2 says that we become less of the world less of ourself and more like him and it's not a forced thing it's not a stressful 
striving activity to be successful. That's not what it's about. I mean, it's, it's really about just being children. And so if we've, yeah, if we've experienced a lot of trauma, it's very hard for us to even know how to even enter into that. So I think you're, you sharing your testimony and how you didn't have that healthy upbringing. You didn't, weren't you know, you didn't come grow, grow up in the church. You grew up in the opposite. Mm-hmm. And I think because of that, you, I don't, I can't judge this, but I, I just feel like, I think there's some people that could be listening and they think, well, I can't have the love like she has because I didn't grow up in a sat- in a Satanist home. Like, what would you say to them? Because that's, that's where I sometimes would judge myself. Like, well, I don't have that bad of a testimony. And I think you shared about this earlier about testimonies. What about somebody who's, who's thinking, well, I, I still am going to be fat and lazy because I didn't grow up with a horrible testimony. You might not have... I'm grown up with the horrible testimony, but the the lover of all loves now resides in you. Mm. So it's not about where we come from. It's about the one who found us. Mm. And we are being transformed into his image. So it's not about where we come from because we all come from different backgrounds. Mm. And, you know, when I even when I look at my testimony, sometimes I look at myself and I think, Lord, I'm so overrated. I'm just a normal person. I'm, I, I guess I've overcome certain things. But the, the thing is, I've never been a drug addict. Mm. I mean, really, I have no understanding of mm. what it is to live with a drug person or a, a an addict. I, I have mm. no idea. So... But just because I I have no experience in drugs, um, I do have experience in the lover of my soul. Mm. And I know how God loves me. So right. I take that and I transform it or I, I, I just reproduce it and I give it to the addict. So that's why when an addict come to me, I can look at them with the love of Jesus because mm. I have the lover inside of me, the mm. one who knows how to love. And this is so easy. In the beginning, I couldn't, I couldn't understand how God the Father could love me because I never had that experience. But the moment when I, when I experienced my love for my children. I thought, oh wow! If if God just love, if I can love my children, you know, half as much as the way that God loves me, then I think I know exactly what God's love is like. Mm. So it's just a matter of, you know, reconnecting with the heart of the Father, not yeah. a, not not the heart of your past. That's so good. That's so good. It's looking forward and looking up, not looking back. Uh-huh. Um, so tell me, what does God doing in your life now? You have two kids or three kids and you're married. Um, what is God doing in your life right now? So about two and a half years ago, we moved to a farm outside of Pretoria, which is one of the biggest cities in South Africa. And uh, we decided to, to to live on a farm and we have some sheep and chickens awesome. so, from, from Satanism to the chicken coop. I'm not so sure. But, um, uh, I just love, I think after all these years, all the trauma, all the hard work, because I, I mean, I've, I've authored a lot, you know, a couple of books and, um, and I've, I've been in traveling ministry, speaking to, to, thousands of people at a time. I'm going to festivals and bringing the gospel to people and doing a lot of things. I am just, 
I want to say re- I'm resting now. You know, mm. especially with COVID, um, there wasn't really an income. All the churches were closed and whatever. And because I was in, in full-time itinerary ministry, it was hard to have an income even. Mm. And um, so God brought us to the farm. It's lovely. I love the sunsets and, and the, the beauty of the animals that we have. We have some wild animals here as well. We have a lion farm just on the other side of the farm. So we hear the, the lions. And um, it's so lovely to just spend time with my husband, um, being in contact with my kids. And I, I do I do some counseling at this moment. I had a speaking engagement on Sunday. So things are picking up again. I am extremely happy and thankful. And I'm, I'm putting my focus on being on this journey with God in the season when God says rest, you rest. If God says move, you move. It's all about the obedience and the power of the obedience. Oh, that's so good. And yeah, and knowing that we hear from him, that he's, he's mm-hmm. speaking to us, that we need to slow down here. Would you pray for our listeners? Um, you or, This already has been a very um, powerful, and I guess I'd say if there's anything else that you wanted to share too before, before praying, I should ask that first. <laughs> um, <laughs> There's nothing specific, um, but all of a sudden, what, when I was thinking about it, um, I sense that there's a couple of people that there, there, there's a couple of people who struggle with a spirit of fear, mm. um, fear for something that is on their doorstep, meaning something that they can see. It's not just a general spirit of fear. It's they are afraid of something that that's about to happen, something that mm. they that's very close to their hearts. And um, I want to address that spirit of fear. Mm-hmm. The word says that God has not given us a spirit of fear. Um, uh, it, he has not given us a spirit of insanity. Because uh, that's another word for that spirit of fear. It's a spirit of insanity or a spirit that will intimidate you. God Mm. has not given you that. But of love, power, and a sound mind. You are not crazy. You are not going to go crazy. God is going to sustain you through this. And I pray whatever is on your doorstep, that it will be reduced to something so small and something so mediocre that it would be visible for God to change that situation for you. And I see a little yellow flower like a dandelion, and I see how when you blow it, it's just scattered in the wind. That little, that big thing became so small, and by the Spirit of God, it's just moved away from you in Jesus' name. Hmm. Amen. Amen. Okay. I'm ready to pray. Awesome. <laughs> All right. Amen. Whatever, yeah, whatever you feel Holy Spirit leads. Okay, I'll do that. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Father, we just come to you in the name of your Son, Jesus Christ. Lord, there's this sea of hearts in front of me today. A lot of people listening to what I've said. A lot of people, Lord, that's so important to you. Each one of them with their own challenges, with their own experiences, with their own plans, Lord. And Father, I pray that you will make your throne on the hearts of your people. 
thank you, Father, that we can trust in you and that we can trust in your word. You are a God who never let go. You are a God who holds fast, that that just grab us and draw us in to yourself. Father, I speak life into every situation that the enemy wants to steal, kill, and destroy. And we speak life, Father. The enemy will not steal. Lord, I pray that our eyes will be fixed on you in all circumstances, Lord. Father, where there is heartbreak, I pray that your love will bring healing in Jesus' name. Father, I pray for the body of Christ. Lord, that love will once again be the focus. That love will compel us, Lord, to love, to love and to move. Because in you we live and we move and we have our being. Father, if someone can love me and cover a multitude of sins, why will I not give that to someone else? Father, I pray that every person listening to this prayer will be convicted in their spirits to move according to your calling upon their lives. Thank you, Lord, that once again you place our feet on a solid rock that cannot be shaken. Lord, you you have turned our, 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 um, uh, our brokenness into strength. You have given us a double portion of honor for our shame. You are the lifter of our heads. We honor you. We love you. Thank you, Lord, that you never give up on us and that we can rest in you in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. That was beautiful. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. This has really been an honor huge honor having you on. The honor is mine, Heidi. Thank you so much. Yeah. How can my listeners get a hold of you? I know you don't have a website because you're Adele, (laughs) Um, but if they wanted to, you know, if they wanted to get a hold of your um, copy of your book, um, they, they can follow you on Facebook. What is your, how could they find you on Facebook? Okay. I have a, I have a, uh, my name on Facebook is Adele. Heidi Adele Frey. Mm-hmm. I'm also on your Facebook. So if people look for me on your Facebook, they will also yeah. find me there. Yep. I will I will accept friend requests or they can direct message me. I will also answer messages. My testimony is in book form in English. The, the, the name of the book is Sacrifice. I'm willing to email it PDF format to anyone who requests it um, as a blessing, no problem. And um, uh, on Facebook, I'm also Simply Jesus. That's also my my ministry's name, Simply Jesus. Mm-hmm. And you can look for me there. Okay. And when this goes when this goes live, I will actually put those handles below, so people can actually click on it. They can link on it, and they can actually I'll give put your email on there as well, um, so they can email you, so that they can find you. Thank Wonderful. you so much. Thank you so much for being on. You're welcome. Thanks for listening to the Strong Tower Mental Health Podcast. If you enjoyed today's episode, please rate and review the show on Apple Podcasts and subscribe wherever you listen. Your review helps the show reach more people and spread mental health awareness with Jesus at the Center. You can also check me out on Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, or my website at HeidiMortensenLMFT.com. See you at our next episode.